Good morning. Welcome in ESPN 1000. Brian Hanley, Mark Zander on a gray Sunday. Not enough coffee in the pot this morning, Brian. <laughs> but but I had to remember when I woke up today, I was so disappointed about game one. When I woke up, I had the feeling like we blew, a, blew the doubleheader. And then I had coffee and I'm like, wait a minute. Josh Harrison made a great defensive play. We actually won the second game. And I, yeah. I got into a better mood. Yeah, it was kind of like the encapsulation of the sock season yesterday. Running to stay still, pal. Uh, you know, you, you, both teams cough up leads that look comfortable. Liam Hendricks, who's just been, I mean, unbelievably hot. And Never a good time in. to have a bad game for a closer. Never a good no. time. Well, and, you know, we need, we need new material. The fire Tony chant, okay? <laughs> It just erupts. I know it's kind of organic. Anything that's going wrong, it's not It's, it's easy. It's low-hanging fruit. Right. But, uh, you know, I guess you can question whether Hendricks should be in a tie game in the ninth inning. I guess that's open for debate, right? Um, yeah, but you know what? Honestly, though, and, and I know what you're saying, but if, if it had worked out, there's no way we're even talking about that. But so we didn't. only question that stuff when it doesn't work. Right. That's what we do as baseball fans. Right. But, but that, I mean, there was... You know, uh, my buddy Murph, our buddy Murph, immediately, I, 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 in uh, the tweet for the show, I said the Sox weren't half bad, meaning they split the doubleheader. Mm. And that's kind of been their season. They, yeah. They're not half bad. I'm, it's just a saying, right? And he said, well, I think they're a, a bad hop away from losing a doubleheader. Um, and, 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 you know, that's the problem. But there were some positives there yesterday. Grandel, a positive. Mancata, a positive. a positive. A guy who Absolutely. we have been lambasting. Right. And I, I stood up, uh, stood up for him last week because I really felt like he was starting to turn a corner. And I mean, you know, it's a fifty-fifty shot, right? Flip a coin. Right. You know, what's what's going to happen? And he really has. Thankfully, we we need him, and we need to see much more of uh, Grandal. Certainly, but four for seven RBI. I mean, that that's a nice coming yeah. off the the IL and. Mm. Um, you know, there's some things to like about it. Certainly, uh, Lance Lynn. I mean, boy, you needed to see him. And Absolutely. I did not like him getting pulled. I Right away, I just hit Twitter. It's like, why? Why? One more inning. Hashtag one more inning. Can we get that to really just take off for White Sox fans? Hashtag yeah. one more inning. So big picture. There were a lot. There was a lot to like yesterday. Now, yeah. it's, again, you need to see much more of it. I mean, you know, Lance has had a few rough starts, so you need to see a few consecutive put-together mm-hmm. yeah. you know, Lance Lynn-type starts. You need to see more Grandal. You need to see more Moncada. Aloy uh, Jimenez was nice. You know, he sent the ball out of the park. So, the, I mean, look, in the Hendricks thing, that just... I, you're you're going to have, have a bad faith. game at some point. I know. I have full faith and trust in him. Right. I, I, right. Yeah, he's not on my watch he's list. He's been nailed for a long, long time. Absolutely. Sometimes it happens. Yes. Right. But, you know, it's disappointing that after the break and you, you won three or four against the hated twins coming into the All-Star break and you're at home and you just can't figure it out at home and you drop the first game and then, you know, you drop the second game and you're, you're thinking if you drop the third game, it's like, good Lord, what's going I know, on here? I know, I know. I know people are saying, wait a minute, what what'd that lineup look like again? Why are guys not in there the first day after the break? It's, uh, boy, some people yesterday on, on Twitter... I hate this team. I mean, they're Sox fans. They're just so <laughs> I know. I know. Everybody is on the edge, Brian. They have been for a while. If you're an intense Sox fan and you live and die by the team, you know, there's there's life and death. And it, it's a day-by-day proposition. And, and when they lose, you start really getting down into the weeds as as to why 
And and I, I've seen the extremities, too, on uh, among the people that I see on Twitter. I mean, people are just ready to jump off a building. And it's like well, one 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 tweeted out. Even if they were winning, I hate this team. I don't know where that comes from. I, 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 I know. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I don't even know. There's a disconnect there. I don't. Do you not like the players? Do you not like Tony so much that you're going to hate the team? Do you not like the fact that there are still holes in this roster and we're going People to be have to remember that there is a thrill of watching baseball. And yes, you feel great after a win, but you're, you're just not going to breeze through a season. Like the well, Yankees. they haven't done that. Uh, the, the one thing they will ever be accused of in this 2022 no, is bruising no, through the season. Right, I don't right. care what happens. Well, I don't know what these the expectations of these fans that say, I hate the team even when they're doing well. I, I don't know what that means necessarily. Right. I, I, I feel the frustration, yep. and I've watched enough Sox games, and I've watched more entire Sox games this year than I have the uh, Red Hot Cubs. Um, you know, don't leave Philadelphia. Just stay there. Uh, it's, it's working out fine for everybody. Um but I, I mean, the thing you can't win at home, and then you, you know, yesterday, even with the good, there's you, you split that. You, you can't just say, oh, well, good, we have a chance to salvage a four game series at home. That's not going to be good enough when it's not, all said no, and done. no, no, it's not, no, it's not. And the, and the home record speaks for itself. It's oh, terrible. Yeah, it's absolutely I mean, terrible, and you're not going to get anything done worthwhile when the season comes to a, uh, an end, and you get into the playoffs. If you get into the playoffs. Playing that bad at home, it's just not going to happen. Do you want me to give you the the health check on BaseballReference.com uh, playoff probability for your Chicago White Sox? Yeah, I mean we do this every week and every week. It, well, we, it hurts. we haven't done it in about a month. I mean, it oh, was, ha- haven't we? Okay, yeah, no, I guess it, we have. Yeah. Okay, okay. It, what was it last time? Like twenty percent, right? It was maybe. I think we talked. We were on Saturday and Sunday, and I think it went from nineteen to twenty or twenty-two. Yeah, right, it, they, with yeah, a win. It, and, and yeah, I said, you know, if, if someone told you there's twenty percent chance of rain, would you take an mm-hmm. umbrella? Mm-hmm. And then with the rain we've had the last couple of nights, I'd take the umbrella. Well, the umbrella wouldn't do you any damn good anyway with the wind. Um, to be a postseason team, it's gone up to thirty six and a half percent, which is only two percentage points behind the Guardians. I, that still that doesn't roll off the tongue behind Cleveland. You got no shot at the wild card. I mean, you have to win this division. You mm-hmm. know, you're mm-hmm. sitting at a ten percent chance, at, uh, lockstep with Cleveland. You, you have to win this division. So, you, there's too many teams in front of you for the wild card. So it's all about the division. Yep. Now, we talked about it last week. The the schedule gets appreciably easier in the second half. Of that, the but season. that doesn't that doesn't make me feel better as a White Sox fan because we we've, we've got beaten by teams that aren't great. Yeah, but so you what does that mean? But you haven't been able to beat winning teams, and that's been the so the issues are you can't win at home, and you really can't uh, beat winning teams, and I'd have to see what it is within the division. Um, I, I don't think it's all that great, but there it is. I mean, it's you're, you're, the fact that you're still what four games back. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's been like that for two months, right? Right, running take. to stay still. I mean, yeah. it's just yeah. I. I I, I I don't know why you hate the team. I, I I certainly frustration. You know, there's six other words you could come up with the team, but hate was pretty strong yesterday, and that was after you split. Well, it's free to use adjectives. Sure, sure. So, uh, and and I will say this: for me personally, right now, the Guardians are a scarier team for the White Sox than the Twins are. That's my opinion. And uh, we're going to go over some names. Uh, we've got some Twitter polls. I thought about doing a Twitter poll on this, and uh, we've got a couple of other ones we'll get to. 
But what are the names that, when they pop up in the Guardians lineup, you know, if it were, if you could do it without any repercussion, who would you just walk automatically? And, mm-hmm. and it's not uh, Ramirez for me. It's somebody wow. else. Wow. That's, I, well, yeah. it's, and sometimes it is for Tony, and sometimes it's not. That's, that's and, 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 that, and yeah. that's one of the things that uh, frustrates Tony. fans. Yes. Because he didn't, he didn't walk Jose Ramirez. And it's like, mm, you know, yes, yes, that is something you can't question. But the thing is with the fans, Brian, this stuff is just piling on. And they're looking for somewhere to point a finger. And oftentimes the players don't get the fingers pointed at them as much as they should. Mm-hmm. However, players that we were pointing our fingers at, like a Yohan Moncada, they've come around. Now, Kevin Sheets, since the last time we talked, has gone cold. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's just a case of not everybody playing their best at the same time and not everybody being able to stay on the field without getting injured. And we still have Luis Robert and a concern about him. And we haven't that, heard that any is, hard information is. on what is happening, which is which is really kind of scary. Because when you talk about dizziness, you're talking about could be vertigo, could be any number of things. Right, because dizziness is that's a, a function of the brain, and and you know your uh, the the balance. Uh, I don't know what they're called, right? Uh, by the ears, I, I I didn't do well e- in physiology. Equilibrium, yeah, the equilibrium. Uh, you know all of that. I mean, that's pretty be, serious stuff. And well, who knows but, what it is, but they haven't said anything. Well, Rick Hunt didn't shed any light on it, other than say we had him looked at at, at Minnesota in Minnesota and at home in Chicago. And he basically didn't give you any kind of and prognosis. That, and that is the problem, because if it was some, something simple, why wouldn't they say that? Right. I mean, yeah. it's not, you know, we thought, okay, hopefully it's just like dehydration and he'll be, you know, give, give him an IV and he'll be good to go in a day or so. And that obviously hasn't been the case. Right. Um, and, and his bat was hot. And, and they were oh, saying yeah. that this, this, uh, this dizziness and this thing that he was suffering from affected him more in the field than it did yep. at the plate. And we saw that. We saw some weird stuff happening happen in the field. Balls he normally would get to. That's right. To, that's right. So but maybe he, he was hitting. Him. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, that, that's concerning. Because, look, like you said, everyone hasn't been playing their best baseball at the same time. If you had, that, then you would be the Yankees, right? Um, or Houston. Well, first, not everybody's been on the field that needs to be on the field at the right. same time, then playing their best at the same time. But you need guys to pick other guys up. So, yep. like you said, Gavin Sheets has done that, you know, played that role for a few weeks, and now he's cold. It's just, you know, stops and starts and fits and starts. And, again, I, I the, the home record just baffles me. Uh, it really does. And, you know, Johnny Cueto yesterday wasn't, the Johnny Cueto we're, we're used to, but yeah, he had one you know, bad had inning, one and your team should inning. be able. Yeah, you're... I mean, he 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 grinded that out. Yeah. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, my point is that he wasn't at the top of his game, and he figured out a way to give you innings. Well, and... that's the that's the pro that he has yeah. been throughout the year, and that is uh, the pro that everybody needs to pay attention to. Now we saw Lucas Giolito have a few games. Uh, was it one or two that were rebounds? And then on Friday. Ooh. Pretty rough. Ooh, and there's rough. a guy there's a guy who, you know, heading into the season for the past few years, he's been our quote unquote number one pitcher. So he's finding his way in and out of issues that we haven't really seen before. And you're right about Lance. It was one game, but it only takes one game. He just has to build on that. But he was solid yesterday and I just did not like the early pull. And I'm just wondering they couldn't have had him on a pitch count. I'm wondering if they just saw something that we didn't, or maybe even Lance said, 
You know, I'm good, but usually he's the guy that's fighting to stay in the game. Sure. Uh, and, you know, maybe you just want him to, to get out of there with a real good feel good and hope the, yeah. he builds upon and that. And thankfully, um, that game worked out. But the uh, yeah. first game, unfortunately, Cueto did not get rewarded for gutting it out. And uh, he is the guy that's really let us. We just have to keep that run support going. Owen in Willowbrook, before we hit the break, he wants to jump in. Good morning, Owen. You're on uh, ESPN 1000 with Xander and Hanley. Hey, guys. Hey. Um, you know, I think when you guys say that um, people say they don't like the team or they hate the team, I think part of it comes out of the frustration that I think this team is kind of a waste of talent. I think that the problem is they don't do the little things right. Mm. I don't think they're capable of a go on long streaks to Seattle. Like, well, obviously, like the Yankees. The Yankees hit their way usually into uh, streaks, but... The Sox, the only way they're ever going to do anything is if they continue, if they hit their way in the streets because they don't walk. Like, even Steve Stones, you know, you know, touched on a little bit the other day. And I, Johnny Cueto, obviously, has been the, the surprise of the year for this team. But he doesn't back up home plate. Yeah, you know, they just don't do the little things right, I think, to, you know, to go out and, and win this division and to be, you know, Look, at, it's been a year, almost over a year, since the All-Star break. They're a 500 team. Yeah. They're a 500 team, and they could be better if they did the little things right, I think. No, you're right. Thank you, Owen. We appreciate it. Um, you know, he's, he's, got a, he's got a point, Brian. Uh, you know, we've, we've seen them not do the little things right consistently. It's got to be oh, a consistent thing. That's interesting. I mean, okay, because the, the word on Twitter was hate, and that takes in a lot of territory, right? Um, mm-hmm. but I, and I said I understand the frustration, but Owen's correct. There, there is seemingly a waste of – if you looked at the talent on the field or on paper going into the season, there's a lot more talent than the, this record would reflect. And, you know, we, oh, no we, know, about the, we know about the injuries and ad nauseum and all that. But maybe that's it, that you just – you know, as much as Yohan's giving you a week or two and then you don't notice him uh, for a couple weeks at the, at the plate – that's the frustration because you think it's there and you've seen it in previous season that it's there for the entirety or the most of the season. Right. So maybe that's it that you just figure that. And and they're starting to go back to that. Well, we just got to grind it out. You know, AJ Pollock, God bless him, you know, saved the day yesterday, but he's like, well, I know, I know it's in here. We just got to keep showing up. I mean, that refrain is getting a little bit old, right? That, you know, we just keep showing up doing the right things. So it'll work out. You got to hit the accelerator. Well, every 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 time we're we're on, we talk about is this where the corner turns when they have a win or two or three or four, and then nothing, and they just they're just running a standstill. As I said, they're basically a five hundred team. Didn't seem like there was a lot of urgency coming out of the All Star break. They were hot going into it. I was kind of concerned that maybe that intensity, you know, for us White Sox fans. You know, maybe not having an all-star break would have helped out. We'll never know. 312-332-3776. Let's hit, hit the break. We've got Larry. We've got Raul. And we'll take your call, too, here at 312-332-3776. Xander and Hanley on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. And that's what you're always concerned about. Everybody's concerned when you come back after the break. You know, the, the feel of Johnny was... It was gutty, but, you know, he, he made some mistakes. Some of our relievers made mistakes. But Lynn was very sharp. And that's evidently when he did his side at home, he got something out of it. The job that Lynn looked, looked like Lynn 
That's a big boost, not just today, but going forward. You know, we got the single runs up three zip, and they, you know, they do what they do. You know, they keep battling. Very tough force, but you had two outs, and but they got the runs, and we came back. One thing about Matt, he's not afraid. He's a very courageous guy. We, we all admire him. But it was very tough, very gutty win for us. Yeah, it was. Great way to finish off a doubleheader. I mean, you got to win two, but if you can't, you got to at least take one, Brian. And uh, that's what they did. Harrison made a great play to end the game yesterday. Um, you know, Tony talked about the mistakes. Mistakes are made. You have to overcome them. And that's what we haven't done enough of this year. Well, and that's why you sit, you know, in the 500 neighborhood forever. You have yep. permanent residence. And that's why you sit four games, give or take, behind the division leader, and that's why you haven't seen this White Sox baseball, best baseball yet, for a sustained period of time, and you're going to have to if you want to get this done. So, uh, yeah, Well, I guess the fans that aren't jumping off buildings and saying that they hate the team, I guess they're still hoping that for that uh, big, big run that they're supposed to make, should have made. <laughs> by now. Need to make. Yeah, Need to make. Right. Larry yeah. on the south side jumps in here on ESPN 1000. Hey, Larry. Hey, you know what? I just think that this... White Sox is one of the softest teams in, in Major League Baseball. They have to be. Uh, they rest and start. Why, why Anderson can't play both games? Why do you have to sit one out? I mean, you got you got Robert already out. Forever, he's guy was hot. All of a sudden, he's out. I mean, it's like there's always something. One player is always decided they're going to sit out for a week. I don't understand it. And I'm going to tell you something right now, too. Uh, you, uh, they better to take his uh, Hall of Fame credentials away because uh, I'm telling you, because he, he, he cannot handle a pitching staff, and especially a bullpen. He never makes the right decisions on the bullpen. Well, yeah, you know, his arms have to be better, too. Thanks, Larry. Uh, you know, they've got, to, they've got to do the job that they were hired for, and uh, not everybody is a go-to. When Foster came in yesterday, I winced on Twitter. Thankfully, it worked out. He's a out. tough guy, Matt. We all admire him. Didn't you hear TLR? Yeah, you said? yeah, Matt, yeah. We love Matt. He's tough. Okay, yeah. tough. That's great. Look, and that bullpen, not nearly as advertised. I mean, now you're getting to the point where Jose Ruiz and Ronaldo Lopez are are guys that I mean, on their best, they're they're pretty good. They're not. I mean, they're Lo- not well, guys. Lopez Lopez has been good. More consistently good, I mean, than and then Ruiz or Foster. But you're right. Everybody has to be able to do the job when they're called upon. And he was saying, uh, Larry was saying something about, uh, you know, it's got to be the softest team. All right. If it's the softest team, are the players soft or is uh, Tony to reading them as such? And, and here's the thing. As Tim Anderson told Steve Greenberg and sometimes when Steve was out uh, in Los Angeles for the All-Star break, he did a story about, you know, about what the the post All Star break looks like for the uh, White Sox, including what's going on in the clubhouse, and Tim Anderson said we laugh at all that stuff. Like we know we know what's going on and all this other speculation, whether it's the Bob Nightingale stuff saying there's clicks and it's not a together clubhouse. And obviously, you know, he got that from somebody who either whether they actually know what they're talking about or not. But the fact is, Larry's right. I mean, if Tim Anderson's legs, don't tell me it was such a taxing trip to L.A. that you had to give him, uh, you know, part of the day off yesterday. I'm with Larry, unless there's something going on with his legs. I am There's no reason he's not in that lineup both games, right? I mean, we need all hands on deck right now. And uh, I agree with you. But again, again, when you make a comment about the Sox are soft, okay. 
is it Tony or are, is it the players? And I think yeah. Tony has a lot to do with it. He's the one. I, I, I would really find it hard to believe that Tim would be like, you know what, coach, I want to sit the first game. Yeah, yeah, that's not happening. Well, he, if, if, if he did say that, then he's not a leader of my right, team. Right, right, and and that's exactly right. But I really, really do not believe that he would have said something like that unless something was bothering him. And I don't think it is. And you know, but w- do we really know? Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Raul joins us from Logan Square. Hey, Raul, what's going on? Good morning, guys. Good I'm morning. just, just going to state the obvious. You know, try to make it quick. We all know it's La Russa, the team, but I'm going to point blank this at management, at the stupidity mixed with stubbornness. And I'm not taking credit uh, away from Han because I think he built a stud team with some swag. Okay. They, they, lack, they lack peskiness, a pesky hitter to get on base. These, this team reminds me a lot of the, like, the 16, 17, 18 Cubs. Everybody want to hit a home run. And this lineup that they built, power lineup, you – Put them against any other team. They got the best power lineup, but it seems like they ain't clicking. And there's La Russa. This he got no swag with this team. You know what? This the only the team does respect him. The team does respect him. Maybe because he caught that DUI, he's okay, man. He's got some swag in him. But other than that, he ain't got no. He, he ain't got control of it. He got control of the team, but it's not good mixing good with the the the, the players. I'm Hispanic. And and if I you know I don't want to see an old school coach, you know what I'm saying or anything. I probably he's got a nice old school ride. Maybe that'll be cool for La Russa, but that's about it. I need somebody <laughs> to take the man like Ozzy Kian would. I'm not saying Ozzy Kian should come back, but they need a they need to fire this guy. If not, they're gonna go down the drain. A well, whole you know he's not gonna get fired. Raul, where does the stubbornness come in? You said stubbornness. Oh, uh, what 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 uh, Kenny Williams. And sticking to not firing Tony LaRusso. as simple as that. Right? Yeah, but you know, you know that's not Kenny's. That's not yeah, Kenny's that, call. Jerry, I know, but Kenny, the... but Kenny got rid of. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to say he got rid of Gian, man. But they gave him the cold shoulder quick, man. And I'm not. I'm a Cuff fan, and I just want. I'm a. You know, I'm not going to hate on him because I, I. They got a great lineup, man, and I want him to do good. You know what I'm saying? But still, man, they ain't ran. They're not being ran the way they should be for the simple fact they got the old. People syndrome like yeah, the old lady McCaffrey yeah. and, and Ryan Storff too, man. And like, kind of, it, it sucks for Chicago White fans. For me, as a Cuff fan, I hope they don't uh, fire the Russo because when they do, and if they did, these teams will go on a ten-game winning streak. You yeah, might but be I right. want them to I'll do Joe it. Girardi. Yeah. yeah, thanks, Raul. Thanks, Raul. Appreciate it. Boy, the phones are stacked. Brian Hanley, let's well, get how about to that, How about the frustration of the Cub fan, Raul? I'm not as frustrated as he is, but having invested all the time to watch this and then knowing the expectations going into the season, I feel... You know, like I'm, I'm like, there's got to be more here. Every time I watch it, there's got to be more. We're here. all feeling that. It, but it, you know, the I, I've said it. Uh, the the after night game, Tony, it, that's a bad look for me when the hats like half on, half off, and the hair dye is kind of everywhere. And I'm not. I haven't done a meme check on that, but I'm sure uh, that there are a lot of memes featuring the after uh, night game, Tony. And, and the eyes, he's kind of looking at the ceiling with his eyes. Uh, the eyelids are like right, half open, right. half closed, and he's like, oh, well, that one. And, I mean, and it's about eh, you know two second delay before he answers yeah, the question. Yeah, much better in the much better after a day game. Um, but you know, hey, I, I'm you know what do you say, old man syndrome? I, I'm you know not as old as Tony, thankfully. But 
hey, nine o'clock starts rolling around, and I, I, I don't have a hair dye or a hat, but you know, my eyelids get a little heavy. You know? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. The, look, uh, the, you know, to to have a manager that has some energy to lead the team that can't hurt. Patrick's <laughs> in Pilsen. Hey, Patrick, you're on ESPN One Thousand. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Um, every time this team does a little bit to get us all back on board, it goes back to mediocrity right away. I think the key to bringing this season back to life is just to constantly talk a little trash for the rest of the season so they have some doubters because every time they suck us back in, they go right back to 500 and below. So who's talking trash? We should just just keep oh, complaining? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we should just keep complaining because week in and week out, we'll complain a little bit, and then they'll win a couple of games, they'll win a series or two, and then we'll be like, all right, we'll we're come all off back the ledge, in. and then it'll start all over again. Exactly. So we just have to be a little pessimistic the entire time, but back in, the, <laughs> back in our minds, we know that they're going to win it all, but we just have to talk trash. You know, Patrick, uh, that's probably the best sense we're going to get today. I appreciate it. <laughs> Okay, so and and back on a Patrick is uh, Will Chase tweeted at us. Cut to the chase. Check out his podcast. Um, it's out there. Charlie Bevinson. He spent some quality time this week. Um, yeah, I saw that. It's really. But Will just said something similar that that they hate this team because the team keeps luring them back in with three or four from Minnesota. Every time you're ready to put the stake in them and say they're done, right? And you know that that Dracula is not rising from the dead. They they do, and then you get excited with possibility. And then they come home. Ooh. So and, okay, so fans are exhausted. Yes, it's a roller coaster and, ride with lots of dips and lots of peaks. And, and Stony keeps going on Twitter. He hasn't done it lately. Enjoy the ride. If you don't like the ride, get off the ride. <laughs> right. Go do something else. It's a nice day. Well, it's maybe going to turn into a nice day. But I, it, you know, 162 is tough enough when you have um, a bad team or a middling team. But this team was expected to be content for a World Series, not just try to try to. Uh, overcome a four or five and that's game it deficit. right there brian because yeah. i think people are just it, all the expectations that were sold that's what people are getting frustrated sure. about because we're just waiting for those expectations to be fulfilled it is a long season and people are riding it inning by inning pitch by pitch and when things just don't turn around as they haven't turned around in a permanent nature consistent nature that is when people are just going to start saying i love this team but i hate this team it's a, uh, you know, I've had a week like that, too, where someone I've loved for 40 years disappointed me sadly. And, and I don't I'm not at hate by any stretch of imagination, mm -hmm. but I don't know if we're on a break. Uh, Ross, uh, we were on a break, uh, but we have a Twitter poll question. But uh, I need to get it. I need to pick your music mind, too, because right. the dynamic pricing gutted me and, and uh, uh, Springsteen oh, Nation I, this week. And I just feel like hey, it's like it's like uh, any pro uh, sports team owner once somebody spends a lot of money on a player that sets the market and well, everybody else suffers but it, know what it is it, whether you love a team like the white Sox or cubs yep and they let you down yep you you can have a, a a band or an entertainer or someone that you feel like you you've you've enjoyed the ride for four decades and you think you really know them you know i met you know whatever i met springsteen once in my life it was very friendly but you feel like you should you know same. him through his music yeah, you, th you feel like you share the same sensibilities, yep. the same, you know, the same moral compass, whatever it is, and there's a connection there. 
And then there's what went on this week. We got to get into that. Because yeah, I, we I will. Mean, I've, I've never seen anything like it in my life. We will. 312-332-3776. The uh, phone lines are still stacked. People want to talk about the South Sodders. They've got game number four against the Guardians at guaranteed rate today. Dylan Cease against Shane Bieber. Oh, thanks. This, Thank you, Dylan Cease. Yeah, Thank this you. is this is going to be good again. Dylan Cease has been... Uh, Rock solid this year, a guy who obviously got passed over for the All-Star game. I can't say I'm too mad about that, but did he deserve that nod? Absolutely. Absolutely, but he'll get there. Thanks, Theo. Thanks. Yeah, Thank we'll you. uh we'll Thank be you for Dylan. Yeah, we'll be right back with uh all all the phone callers. Let's see. Al's on the line, so is Mike and and Paul. And you at 312-332-3776. This is ESPN 1000. ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. Hanley and Xander on ESPN 1000 from the Old National Bank Studio on State Street got the lineup for the White Sox before we jump back in. Uh, the phones are loaded here at 312-332-3776. Anderson's at short batting first. Yohan? Yay! At third base. Hold on uh, position number two in the uh, lineup card. A.J. Pollock in left field rewarded last night for that uh, that hit, which which was really a misplay by uh, Ramirez at third. No, Clement at third. And um, that was uh, really the game winner. Jose Abreu cleaning uh, cleaning it up at first base. Eloy, DH, batting five. Gavin Sheets back in the lineup. He's in right field, batting six. Hopefully they can jumpstart him. Sebi Savala behind the plate, batting seventh. Leori Garcia at second base. I guess we have to rest Josh Harrison. Do we have to? Uh, Leori's uh, batting eighth, and Adam Angles in center field. Batting ninth with that red glove, making a nice catch. In game number one yesterday, three one two three three two three seven seven six. We'll get to the calls, right? But a Grandal four for seven, a walk in RBI. Um, is it because Dylan Cease and Savala have been such a good team together? That uh, you know what? Look, I wouldn't mind if that was the case. I mean, Sebi's Sebi's been okay at the play too, and obviously Grandal can come yeah. in and. Uh, but but you got to get. I mean, you I mean, need Grandal throughout the second. It. You know, post All Star break here to, no, you to do. get going. You do. You, yeah. you, you do, you do, and I, uh, that's a curious question. But I bet that that's probably the case. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Allen Portage Park. You're on ESPN one thousand. Hey, good morning, fellas. Hey. Thanks for taking my call. As yep. always. Yep. So a couple weeks ago, we had spoken. This was before the Sox were going to be playing the stretch of games with uh, with Minnesota and with Cleveland, mm-hmm. and I said I was optimistic. Uh, because, you know, they had their chance to... Hey, you were the one. I remember you. You were the one. Yeah, yeah, I was optimistic. I said, okay, they got their shot to show what they've got. They've got these teams ahead of them. They're playing them. But then after that stretch of games, you know, even after the three out of four against Minnesota, I wasn't optimistic anymore because they only picked up one game in the standings. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, going into the All-Star break, I'm calling for a modern-day white flag trade, fellas. Really? Whoa. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, tell me what that looks like. Okay. So it, it uh, sounds like the Sox don't have a, a really full cupboard of, of uh, prospects in the minors. But, you know, they might be able to trade a few guys uh, from this team to pick up some more prospects. Uh, you know, guys like Cueto, Grindal, Pollock, you know, maybe somebody else. Pick up some prospects. Maybe that'll give them a chance to get involved with, you know, the Juan Soto Derby. If, if he's going to be traded in the offseason or if anybody else comes up, 
you know, then maybe sign a, sign a couple guys. I mean, you know, why not get into uh, the Trey Turner sweepstakes or the uh, Aaron Judge sweepstakes in the offseason? You know, they might be keeping their core players, which is really good, add a couple guys. But, yeah, guys, modern-day white flag, they're not winning anything this year. And then let's say they did win uh, their division. We all seem to agree that AL Central is the worst division in baseball. So if they win that division, what's it going to do for them? Are they going to beat the Yankees? Are they going to beat the Astros? And even throw in the Mariners right now. They're playing great. I, mm-hmm. I just I feel like the Sox need to make some improvements. And I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I'm, you know, I, I like the team. I'm not trying to uh, be a naysayer. I'm just looking at it realistically. Realistically, that this team doesn't seem right. It seems right. to be. Winning. Yeah, it's thanks, Hell. It seems like they need to do something to shake it up. I just don't know how they're not going to do anything big during the season. Uh, Rick is certainly not going to sell. You know, uh, the trade deadline's uh, what a week away. There's no way he is going to do a white flag selling type of trade. He's going to try to add to the team what that looks like before August second. I don't know. I would imagine it has something to do with pitching. Now, Jose Quintana's name has come up. You've seen this on social media, right, Brian? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm yeah, still, I know. Yeah, I'm yeah, not. I'm, I'm not thrilled not, either. Although, yeah, he's, I mean, he's having a decent year, but it's like yeah. I, I don't want to give at, up anything with, substantial for him. He's at Pittsburgh now, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Keep him away from the wine glasses when he's doing the dishes, um, because that worked out so well. Yeah, yeah, I everyone. remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know that that trade where the guy starting today, I believe, was involved in that trade. Help. Um, yeah, I don't, yeah. Good luck. Uh, you, you you get him for a song. Uh, by the way, you know, once we get through these callers, too, before we get out of here, we now know the price of pay, uh, playing poker if you want Juan Soto beyond what you're going to have to pay Juan Soto. So what the Nats are looking for in return, oof, I don't think it's, the it's a tall price. It, it's not oh. for us. And, and we speculated well, about this last week, but now we see what it would actually cost. No. Oh. We'll get to it, boy. I mean, and I understand why they're asking for what they're asking, but right. that's that's why. But for us, said, is it can he play eight of the nine positions on the field at the same well, time? Then we can he, do it. He can hit. He can hit from the left side. And he hit the ball on the ballpark, and he's the real deal. And he's twenty three. So yeah, yeah. you could do worse, but it's going to cost you, and it's going to cost you huge. The price is uh, too much. I wouldn't want to see that on the south side. Mike and Whiting, jumping in on ESPN one thousand. You're with Hanley and Xander. How's it going, guys? Good. Um, I just wanted to say that uh, I'm a Cub fan, mm-hmm. and uh, in 2020, when you know I knew baseball was coming back, man, I was just, I love baseball. Uh, I, you know, I was listening to all the interviews and everything, and you know, I'm hearing the Cubs, and I'm like, yeah, you know, my guys. Then I'd hear a Sox player interview, and I'm going, whoa, that guy sounded hungry. That guy sounded like like a fighter about to step into a ring or cage or something, you know. And I'm thinking, you know, it's noticeable because I'm comparing it and I'm going, wow, my guys don't sound like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. And I just knew, I'm like, hey, they're going to do something, you know, in this shortened scene. They're going to they're gonna have them. A, I know I can hear it. And I'm not really hearing that now. You know, when Great I hear their point. interviews and stuff, Great it kind of just sounds, you know, flatlined. And it's like maybe, I don't know if it'll be able to change the management or whatever, but I don't know. I think the organization might have jumped the gun some because, once again, as a Cubs fan, all the years of losing – I could remember a good spurt we had, a good month, month, and you know, a good playing spoiler or something, giving us hope for next year. And, you know, but you just don't make clubhouse-shaking organization moves based on that. And I think, you know, they try to maybe follow that model of bringing a guy in, you know, 
like a Larusa, and I don't know. It might have been, you know, the Cubs made that move based off more data. We had entire seasons to know, okay, hey, this team's ready to fire. But I don't know. I, that's just my opinion. That's what I think. What's happening now? And uh, but there's still hope. There's still hope, real fast, because the division. All it'll take is a good spurt, a good yeah. two months of solid airtight baseball, right. and you got and we'll run away with. You know, Sox will run away with that. Right. So, well, the problem uh, is, there's thanks, still Mike. Hope. There's yeah. still some hope. You yeah. Know, they can just get that fire back. Yeah. All right, man. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Hey, thanks. Um, you, you know what? He, he's right. It's, the problem is for us Sox fans, we keep waiting for the corner to be turned, and uh, and they stop in the middle of the turn, and it it just isn't uh, sustainable at this point yet. But there is time. It just did not start out the second half the way we would have wanted it to start off. Now, uh, with a win today, they're, again, they're 500 after the All-Star break, and and we're tired of this 500 play. Well, a two-month spurt, (laughs) that'd be a hell of a spurt. I think Sox fans would settle More realistically, a three-week spurt. Well, I think uh, Sox fans would settle for two-series spurt, right? Mm, I mean, you know, three or four from the Twins after scuffling against Cleveland at Cleveland, I mean, the 500 stuff ain't going to fly. Right. So uh, it's interesting. I will say what our, our Cub, uh, Cub fan caller just said. When, and I've been harping on this for a month and a half, it's just the the, the perfunctory, well, we just, you know, we know it's here. And when we start hitting, it's going to be contagious. I mean, every cliche you could think of in baseball has been uttered. And I'm with him. I don't hear the conviction. I hear the words, and it's different guys filling the name here, and it's you know three or four different guys a week joining the chorus. But the chorus is the refrain has been the same, and I don't hear that. Uh, a couple callers ago talked about you know the, the basically the piranhas, right? He wants he wants a team like Cleveland to, or Ozzy called the Twins the piranhas back in the day when they played in the Hump Dome because they would just kill you by a thousand cuts yeah, right they yeah. would just they would just bite you yeah. bite your ankles and your knees and everything else they you know it, it just got tiresome and you, you hated to play them every day because you knew how it was going to be a slow death right yeah and and you don't have this team the, this team isn't that team it's a couple guys Yohan Mankata in, in particular has been going opposite field and and doing you know taking what's been given to him but not nearly enough guys and not nearly long enough stretches that's right and the swag is not there. Now, last no. year, Tim had some swag, yep. you know, and, and, and there was a spirit behind all, all of this. But was the swag because they were winning, or do you need to force the swag to get into that headspace? You know, Ooh, it's the chicken question. or the egg. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's the chicken or the egg concept. We really don't know. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. I can tell you this. Why don't we try something we haven't done already? Maybe we should walk around with the swag and maybe try to push the narrative. We've got more phone calls to get to. Boy, the phones are hot about the socks today. And I'm going to tell you the one name on the Guardians that is just, and it's obvious, but he's just killing us. And it's not Jose Ramirez. And uh, I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. We'll get to that more when we get back here. It's Hanley and Xander on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Brian Hadley, Mark Xander, ESPN 1000, Sunday, starting to dry up, got a State Street Fest going on or something like that. And uh, we're here talking baseball right now, Southside baseball specifically. Brian, you've been watching a lot of White Sox this year, probably more than you have in years, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And you have been, uh, as we all have been, is just uh, waiting to get excited. 
and it, it, the excitement when it comes does not last long enough. Yeah, and uh, as a Cubs fan, you get J- Jason Benetti tonight, uh, right? Uh, today calling the Cubs. Tonight, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's today. that's yeah, that's neat. He's everywhere. He yep. is everywhere. And the phone lines are packed, so let's uh, run through them here. Paul in Valpo wants to jump on here on ESPN One Thousand. Hey, Paul, what's up? Hey, good morning, guys. Hey. Uh, you know, I think uh, I look at it a different way. I think LaRusse has kind of been handcuffed from the very beginning. Now, is he the greatest hire in the world? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess A.J. Hinch, you know, see what he's doing in Detroit. But, I, you know, I think what he was meant to do was this team, I think he's, from the very beginning, these prospects were flawed. They hit for a lot of power. There's a lot of right-handed hitters. Um, you know, you've seen that in the playoffs. They're not great at hitting right-handed pitching. Their, their baseball IQ probably wasn't the best. They don't run the bases very well. Their outfield defense is terrible. Their infield defense is spotty at times. So, I mean, I think they, the, the White Sox saw that from the beginning. I think La Russa was brought in to teach these guys the game of baseball. But Oops. as soon as he was hired, <laughs> the media and everyone kind of came out and said, "This Tony cannot change this culture. This is Tim Anderson's clubhouse. He's changing the game. And I think these guys might have read their press clip, clippings a little early. They've won one playoff game in two years, and one mm-hmm. of them was the COVID year. So I think this, this, this organization and this group of players they brought up might not be as good as everybody thought they were because they're flawed in certain areas, even though they show potential and there's the Roberts and the five tools. But LaRusse hasn't been able to teach these guys because he's on eggshells because the media, every time he does something, is, is, is on, his, on his butt. Yeah, but I, I he's, he's not allowed, afraid he's of not the allowed, media. He's not, he's not allowed to teach these guys, though, because he's been from the beginning. He, he had to go and a guy who's been in baseball that long, and prove himself to Tim Anderson. Uh, their personalities had to clash. That's not how a manager should have to come. And I get the players have a lot more say than they did years ago, but he's been, a, he's been in that type, tough predicament from the very beginning. So I think now to go back and blame LaRusa and say these guys aren't running hard, Eloy Jimenez, uh, Jose Ramirez took two extra bases on him yesterday because yep. he literally jogged for the ball. That's on Eloy Jimenez. That's not on Tony Larusa. Absolutely, he was here before Tony Larusa got here. Yep. Tony's been hamstrung, and he hasn't been able to. Part of it's the media. Well, the media is not chanting fire Tony. Thanks, Paul. Um, yeah, that, that's the pain. Yeah, uh, and, 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 and and you know, look, look, I get what Paul's saying, but there's no way Tony's afraid of the media. <laughs> He's been around a long time. He's not walking on eggshells with the media. Uh, the but, media, but it is our job. It is our job to dig in, to try to figure out what's going on. And at times it seems like Tony's been soft on the players. What does that really mean? Who is that coming from? Has he adjusted to the game? Is somebody telling him to adjust to the game? We don't know. Well, we've talked about it today, Mark, and we've talked about it ad nauseum. And when you, you know, the soft argument when it came out, is it between the ears as a physically soft team? Or like you said, is Tony at the concern? Enabling him. Right, because the concern was he was out of touch, being out of the game for so long. So he's over-adjusting. Yeah. Right, so now he's bending over backward to make sure he's a player's guy and he'll not take a guy into the office and, and have the, the heart-to-heart. He'll do it out in the outfield because he doesn't want to be intimidating. Whatever it is, our caller you know, raises a lot of great questions. And go back to Al's call. He said, okay, even if they win the division, can you really say, you know, you got to be in it to win it, right? you got to get to the postseason. If they right. don't make the playoffs. Winning the I'll... division is fine if they accidentally do that, but do we really see anything right now that indicates that they would go far in the playoffs? Right. But, I mean, he, he suggested a white flag trade, and, yeah, I, you know, right. and I don't and, – and Jesse Rogers will join us before we get that out of here. That is not going to happen. No, Jesse said they're going to be a buyer no matter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the point is, if they were to completely miss the postseason – 
Is that a wake-up call for the entire organization? In the long run, would that be better? Or would it be such a disappointing season that who knows where it goes um, with this with this group in particular in the clubhouse? But, you get, I mean, if they find a way to win the division and get in the playoffs, um, good Lord, you have to win a series. This yep. is right. You know, win one game, one playoff game not in two years. Not good enough. No, not nearly. Not nearly good enough. By the way, that name, Josh Naylor. That oh, guy, I- that guy scares me more than anybody on the Twins. And he's and- the scariest guy to me as a White Sox fan on the Guardians team. And he's batting behind Ramirez. And, and but look. If Quan and Rosario don't set the table like they've been and, doing, and and they have been too, and look, oh my, you Lord. know we're we're only talking about the White Sox and 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 their failures in in this series, but we're not giving enough credit to the Guardians. I still think, as I said at the top of the show, they're a scarier team to me for the White Sox than the Twins are because right they play a complete game. They, they don't do. hit the ball out of the ballpark. Nope. They don't. Nope. This is. They get guys on base, get them over, get them in. And, and this is a low, this is a, they've got a very low payroll. Did oh, they do a big salary dump? Yeah, they, they have the, the second or third lowest payroll in all Major League <laughs> Baseball. I said Mike Chernoff, the GM, uh, Mark Chernoff's uh, the great guy who ran the fan in New York for all his years, and a very great guy. A radio great station, guy. yep. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, he, he was kind of a mentor to me for years. Wonderful guy. Uh, Chicago roots and the whole bit, or has uh, family here in Chicago. But Mike Chernoff, look at this, what he's done with the low payroll, and look at the guys who know how to play baseball. I mean, yep. I'm all for the home runs. You know that. I mean, I get criticized, you know, but the, with the White Sox, it is hit the ball out of the ballpark. It usually correlates into a win because that's yes. what this team's yes. about. Right, right. And we need to see some. Right, the home, all, uh, the home run isn't the end-all, be-all, but it certainly does help, and it certainly helps the White Sox when they hit them. And I'm seeing two real quick. Yeah. Jose Ramirez is not in the lineup today. Uh, so that might be a little break for the Sox, but I know you're talking about take, your guy right now. Take Naylor out. Take him out. What, what and by the way, out, by yeah, the like... way, I will make mention of this too. When the uh, lineup came out for the White Sox, Harrison was on it. And then when I looked at it again, by the time I gave it over the air, Leury was in. So oh, I'm not sure what that means. But uh, a little later on in the show, before we get out of here at 1230. It was if, like Tony knew that you were doing the show today. And he I know. Just, he's he, like, I'm he going to aggravate okay. Xander. Yeah, Let's give him something to talk about. Here you go. Mike, Here's Larry. Mike, yeah. Mike in Evanston jumps in on ESPN 1000. Hey, Mike. Yeah. Hey, guys. Terrific show. You're really engaging with people. And Thanks. It's, uh, it's a good show to listen to. Look, well, yeah. there's no question that injuries have played some part. However... From management all the way down, there have been nothing but blunders. Look, Reinsdorf's got the right. He signs the checks. He decided to give us La Russa. He has been a disaster. He is not anybody who might win you four or five games a year. He's the more likely to lose you ten. I watched the other day or Saturday. We had the bases loaded in a leverage situation with a batting champion sitting in the dugout and he prefers to send up Gavin Sheets to strike out on three pitches. It's just inexplicable, the moves and the not moves. He's afraid of Trey Turner on a one-and-two pitch, but he's perfectly willing to let Buxton clobber you with first base open, (laughs) and Naylor as well. Moving down to Rick Hahn, he made an assumption last year that the Sox were good. I thought so, too. When he picked up Kimbrell, I thought it was a great move. It turned out to be Kimbrell at his prime with the White Sox was not going to beat Houston. And then moving on to this year, to 
to, to not even offer a qualifying offer to Rodan and let him go for not even a draft pick and make the assumption that Eloy Jimenez was going to be your left fielder and actually play 75 games a year without being on the IL, right. while Ben Attendi, who you've been drooling over for five years, was there for the cheap and nothing. So, well, yeah. you know... I'd be interested in your thoughts on some of that. Thanks, Mike. We appreciate the phone call. Well, we're up against the break, but um, why don't we give those thoughts when we come back? We still have more calls. To, I mean, they're just never ending this morning. Thank you for jumping in, everybody, at 312-332-3776. We'll talk to you about it, and we'll talk about Eloy in the field. All right, Brian, we'll do all of that when we're back in two minutes on ESPN 1000.